open it. exactly he do to you call it a professional robbery i know who you are that love the outlaw hunts down those who trespass against him with no mercy where is he where is who your boss my boss clearly you don't know me I heard Rufus Buck was back. So ain't no road to ask a friend to travel. You think Destiny's coming to you? My guns go back. I can A new day is dawning. Slow. Ah! I don't particularly enjoy violence. That being said, we are currently in company of extremely violent individuals. Jump, mother. My guns go back. She ain't gonna end well for you. Really? Today we're talking with cinematographer Mihai Malamari Jr. and production designer Martin Whist about their work on director James Samuel's new western, The Harder They Fall for Netflix. The movie features an ensemble cast, including Jonathan Majors, Sazie Beats, Delroy Lindo, with Regina King and Idris Elba. Production designer Wist has worked on films including Robocop, Super 8, Cloverfield, and Bad Times at the El Royale. Miyamari's credits include Jojo Rabbit, The Hate You Give, Youth Without Youth, and The Master. I'm Carolyn Giardina. Welcome to The Hollywood Reporter's Behind the Screen. Martin Mihai, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So congratulations on the film. How did each of you come onto the project? Thank you very much. This is Martin Wist. I came on, uh, I guess, how did it work? Um, going back in time, it's been a while. Um, I guess 2019 in the spring, I was brought on and uh, uh, interviewed um, from my home in Georgia with with James and was sent up to New Mexico to do some preliminary scouting. And uh, I started the film and then um, it quickly went down. And um, there were some scheduling issues that uh, couldn't be resolved. I went away to uh, work on another project and then came back in the fall and, um, uh, you know, wasn't sure if it was going to come back up or not and it did luckily and and then i i came on in full force and um thrown into the fire and you know, trying to figure out the budget and the logistics of this ambitious project um and we got through it uh, remotely and then was sent up to uh santa fe to kind of start more in earnest in the uh november december of that year would you describe why you picked those locations in San in the santa fe area Sure. I mean, honestly, during that first phase, uh, even before I was on, James and the producers went up to Santa Fe and they took a look around and uh, decided that there was enough material in terms of landscape and existing Western towns up in the Santa Fe area that we they were 
confident that we could um, get what we needed for the film. And um, it, it turned out that there was some juggling around of towns from the initial ideas, but um, there truly was enough uh, sort of raw material in terms of Western towns that are left up in the Santa Fe area from years and years and years of work. And the, the main town that we chose for Redwood was the Ford Ranch, which uh, was first built on 310 to Yuma. And so that's quite a while ago. And um, it was pretty ragged, but standing um, as were the other towns. And so I just sort of took them as a starting point and um, we designated uh, particular towns for uh, the, the certain uh, script-based towns. So um, for the most part, each town stayed in one of those Western towns for the film. There was some overlap with like the tannery. We had to go somewhere else. But for the most part, we we built the exteriors and the interiors of all the sets that you see on the film at the actual designated towns. There was no stage builds whatsoever. So you started to talk about Redwood City, which is a very colorful um, town. Why don't you describe the look of that one? Well, Redwood is was our, our main challenge being the the primary uh town in the in the film and uh from from the beginning james was very clear that he wanted it uh not to be a dusty old western town and he wanted color and so i went into early concept development of seeing what he really meant by that by through illustrations and using um scouting photos and doing uh color overlays and and sure enough he wanted it colorful yeah, and um, I needed to dial back sort of the brightness of some of the colors while maintaining strong hues um, because the it, it, being too bright was just jarring in the landscape. But as it turned out, very colorful. We wanted it prosperous, new, not dusty, not old, and honestly, not particularly uh, based on any uh, Westerns that have been made to date. He wanted an original town, an original look. We would joke our our phrase was not historically inaccurate, dot dot dot, <laughs> but not now we weren't making a his uh, you know a history documentaries by any stretch of the imagination. So that was pretty strong uh, mandate from the beginning uh, with James, and he he backed me the whole way. And and as it turned out, we just kept pushing it and pushing it all the way to Maysville, which was a pretty intense uh, uh, look, let's say. Right. Well, that's everything is white. Tell us about wh where was that shot and tell us about that design. Yeah, Maysville, um, you know, is scripted as a white, as in white person town, where of course they go and uh, the only thing that they do there is rob the bank. But as I was developing and as James and I were, were developing a relationship and getting closer and closer, more um, creatively on the same level. You know, it takes a little while to get, I'd never worked with them before. So it was quick. Our shorthand became very quick, but you never know how far you can push things. But by the time we had sort of got through the development of Redwood and Douglastown, we came um, up to Maysville. And as I was looking at my research, I, I was just starting to look at white on white and and I all this beautiful reference that I had, I just showed James at one point, made a big uh, inspiration wall for him. And 
And I was like, well, we should just make this town white. And he kind of looks at me. He's like, yeah, it it is white. Uh, I was like, no, I mean, literally white, everything white, all the towns, all the buildings white, all the horses white, the ground white, the bank white. And he looked at me and just laughed. And he was like, yes, absolutely. And so we just we just went went at it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of whites out there and uh, there's probably, I don't know. 80 or so different whites that I used on those buildings from the exteriors to the interior. As I developed it and it became clear how strong a look this was going to be, I mean, it was it's very dramatic. And the ground, of course, being a tan color or even darker than that was just to kind of ruin the whole thing. And so I, I talked to my construction coordinator and and I really pressed him to try to find some white material we could put on the ground. And we tried all sorts of things. And he found this, this sort of crushed um, pumice stone that was from an area in New Mexico. And, and he brought it over. And it, sure enough, it was, it was almost pure white. And um, so we graded the whole town, got rid of all the weeds and everything, and then just brought in truckloads of this crushed white um stone and um it was great because it wasn't absorbent either and we had snow troubles by the end of the schedule when we were shooting it and it it just held really well um so yeah it was just it was a visual process that progressed to the point that there was no way we weren't going to make that ground white one way or another and where where was this it as well was in santa fe area this this um ranch was called eve's ranch um it was another standing western town little small one again just beat to heck from it was built a lot many years ago and and yeah i've i've been looking at some of the photographs for other presentation reasons right now and just looking at the before and afters and it was just dramatic because it was just it was your it was your typical dusty old beat up and really beat up western town so i didn't do anything structural in that in that town apart from the interior of the bank um it was mainly cleaning up and then adding adornments and doing a a a full graphics and color pass on it and then yet another look was douglas town where did you shoot that and would you describe the look yeah douglas town was as well in the area up and around santa fe and it was at a, a ranch called uh, San Cristobal. And it, again, was a standing Western town that kind of had the bones for me to start with. And that particular look of that town wanted to be really rough, really dark, more of more of a, you know, James's term was gully, which sort of, it just means ghetto, basically, like a dangerous place. And, uh, outlaw town and so and it was shot at night and so it was not about color it was about creating another um dramatic uh strong identity for the town and this one was just rough and tumble and and muddy and wet and lots of fire out on the exterior and mihai lit it up gorgeous and we had wet on the ground and reflections and it was just gorgeous in a in a rough way 
And then in contrast to then entering into Mary's saloon, which was, which was, um, you know, the sort of safe haven of that town. So Mihai, what was the um, visual style that you discussed with James up front when you started planning the project? It was kind of the same thing. I remember he brought uh, Kajir Nelson as a strong visual reference and talking about color saturation for for hours. The idea was that, uh, and I, I remember talking to him and especially coming after after Georgia Rabbit where we played with color saturation, he mentioned, he was like, I want even more. I just want to try as much as possible to, to play with color saturation. And I, I remember when I arrived to, to Santa Fe and like started seeing the locations and I think Redwood was already painted and like seeing the colors, I just realized that like everybody's going for, for color saturation and then start starting seeing costumes and, and all that. So that was that was the number number one thing we we all knew that color saturation is good for for the project uh and then we started building building leo by leo the different look for for each town and uh it helped it's 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 all it's all teamwork and uh trying to figure out how to uh work together and uh, find the best uh, the best look were you and Martin often talking as you were planning? Yeah, I mean, just the fact that we had so many streetlights in red, like that, that allowed us to to use so much light for for the night exteriors, like more than I would ever use in any other situation, I think. But um, and and fire barrels in Douglas Town and and the whole Maysville set is quite amazing. So it's we spoke about like trying to be as classical in our camera moves and, and try to I, I think we had only one scene where we used some some handheld but um we we're trying to to figure out how to do something and make it look really new and fresh but also paying tribute to to the genre yeah i mean i would just say it was it was such a treat when mihai came on and we we started talking and and immediately had a shorthand and to be able to develop these really strong looks together as a team, and Mihai mentioned costumes uh, with Antoinette as well. We we all really worked together closely um, in order to make each particular town sing its own song. You know, it just they that was sort of our 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 primary mandate was to have a really strong identity for each of the different towns. And then once we locked into a particular identity, we just, as in for Redwood, which was color-based and, um, you know, multiple hues, deep saturation, but at the same time, we didn't want it to be cartoony. So there's, it's not just, you can't just say that and then it just all happens. Um, it took some real finesse in terms of trying to find the values of those colors so that, like I said earlier, they, they brightness was, you know, if you have a strong saturated color and it's bright on a Western scenario out in the, it just looks completely wrong. But if it's crushed down and tinted down and it's a deeper a chromatic level of the, of the, of the color itself, then it, it sort of settled in and sunk in and had some soul to it. And then we could get away with adding, 
hue after hue after hue. And, um, you know, then Antoinette and I were talking always about what she would put in front of certain areas. And for instance, Trudy's, once you walked into Trudy's, what a completely different look that was from the outside with that Nelson brightness that Mihai was referring to that's a sort of, you know, summer day almost uh, brightness while still trying to hold us in, in a Western genre. So it, it took a lot of teamwork and it, it was, we just had such a great team. I mean, honestly, we, it was, it was casual, thoughtful, professional and collaborative. I mean, you can't ask for a better situation when you're going into something that challenging and ambitious and um, complex, really. Mihai, would you elaborate on your choices of the camera movement? I mean, there you, you used a lot of static close-ups of faces, but then you also had some really interesting camera motion. Uh, I'm just thinking about the the way we started, and and definitely like from I think from the first meeting I had with James, we we both agreed that it has to be widescreen. There is no way around it. And then we went further and like we realized like it has to be anamorphic. And it's it's interesting because a certain like you don't realize like you're trying to to pay tribute to to the genre, but on the other hand, there are there are elements that will force you into a certain framing. So like a, a cowboy hat or or a gun belt will, will force you into into that. And then the anamorphic lenses will will kind of force you into into framing most of the characters dead center. Um, because they have such an amazing fall off, but you don't want to get into a situation where somebody's framed all the way to the to the right. It's it's not sharp, um, and and all those elements are are very classical and like they they kind of demand a classical approach. So we um, we forced ourselves to to stay on the dolly and to come up with with really interesting moves and using modern tools like a cable cam or, or all sorts of uh, other interesting interesting lenses. But um, it was 90% a, a very classical approach, but taking advantage of all the modern tools we, we have now. And would you talk about shooting some of those big centerpiece gun battles? Um, those were, um, most of our storyboards were related to those those scenes. We we were trying to, to be as free and then give the actor as much freedom as possible for all the other scenes. But when it came to, to the final act or, or any major um stunt scene or or like even the even the, the train scene we, we we storyboarded those and just because there are so many moving parts and um it, it's interesting when you watch the movie that they, they happen fast and there are a lot of elements but like the amount of time it took for to 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 shoot all those it's, it's pretty amazing and second unit and five six cameras sometimes so um it's it takes a lot of planning and uh, a lot of careful planning to to be able to get all those and i remember drawing not not only having storyboard but drawing maps and trying to figure out where everybody is at a certain moment of time because even if it's just one one street it's still like you can you can lose track and then realize while you're shooting it's like oh we should have have that guy and this guy in the background of what's happening here. So it's a pretty complex uh, scenario. And I can add to that because, you know, part of the, um, what I tried to, how I tried to approach this was um, presenting, basically handing over these towns 
um, particularly, of course, Redwood, to Mihai and James to be able to do whatever they need. There was no cheated interiors, apart from uh, the tannery, which was uh, off the street, so it was a cutout. It was easy, but it was important to me to be able to have, you know, Trudy's for real at the end of the street, the bank for real right there, the jail in such a place that you could come out. We talked about this a lot when we scouted and made sure Mihai would tell me, he, you know, like, let's make sure there's a window here so that for this scene, we can see out and we can link the two and we can literally move out the door into the next scene. Um, so these were very important things because I did, you know, reading it, it, it even at my point before um, they re- Mihai and James really got into the blocking, I knew it was going to be a challenge. So rather than present any scenarios that would limit their choices, my goal was to give them as much flexibility as possible to to figure it out, you know, to have their creative process in blocking the scenes. Um, and then, of course, we we built the mayor's mansion from ground up, two-story build, exterior and interior, so that, in fact, you, it was real. You walked into it, and you looked back, and you saw the, on the main street, you'd go upstairs, and you'd see that church out behind them. There was no plate shots. There was no visual effects. And then for the cable cam that Mihai just mentioned, that was a big deal. We had to work, uh, um, engineer pulling out this massive window and this big beam on the second floor of this structure that we had to design, design in as we were building it so that he had a pick point for his, his cable cam. He knew he could get all the way up the street. It was in a straight line. So we, it all happened very fast, but, um, you know, relatively fast for the complexity that, that we had to figure out. And in the end, I'm just thrilled at how sort of seamless and natural and easy it all feels. It doesn't feel cutty or choppy. It just, it just occurs on that street. So um, props to us. <laughs> now, the music was also such a big part of this film. Mihai, how did uh, the planning with the music impact production? I mean, it's like uh, music is such a big part of the process for for James, and I was I was laughing at it because we we had numerous meetings in 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 prep, and I was bringing images, and he was like, "Okay, yeah, but listen to this part, and like listen to this." And even even watching dailies, he was like sometimes playing music, and even on set. So it's like, it's uh, but even the, the in the script, there were so many music references for for most of the scenes, you know. Um, yeah, at specific points too. Yeah. So you kind of yeah. knew there was, there was as you read the script, it was it was an interesting process to read a script that you then would have, um, kind of beat musical beat and tempo that you. As I was reading it, I would look up the song. I listened. I go, oh, that's what he's thinking. Okay, I get it. And then it actually informed even my design decisions because there's 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 different rhythms and beats and and highs and lows that he's dictating through um, music that I want to mirror support um, visually as you go. So it was a really, really interesting process. The other thing that happened when to sort of 
to James's brilliance, I remember standing out at the love cabin early on and we're all imagining this massive drone shot coming in and the opening scene of Rufus coming to the door and all that. And, you know, we're standing there traditionally kind of visualizing how it's going to work. And he stops everybody and he starts singing. And I literally got goosebumps. It was crazy to hear the score as you're in on a scout and imagining how this scene is actually going to play out. It was like, holy moly, that's amazing. And, and it was like, I get it now. Okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, it's very unusual to to have the score live as you're scouting. (laughs) It's so descriptive. Nihai, having just shot um, gunfights, uh, particularly around the Santa Fe area, um, how did you feel when you heard about the recent tragedy on the set of Rust? I mean, it was heartbreaking and and infuriating at the same time. And, like, I I heard it from, I, I was on, on set, I think it was my last day for for Lakers, and I got a text message from James because we we shot in the same location. And um, but like I, immediately, I was thinking, like, okay, was I in any situation like that ever? And I realized, like, we, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see where 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 everything is going. And but like thinking of. Thinking back of our approach, like we we had an amazingly safe set, and um, I was I was like talking to to all my camera crew members, and like they were they they felt the same. So we'll see. Hopefully, some changes will uh, will happen. But yeah, it's just like terrible. Would you describe the safety procedures that you had on your set? Yeah, I mean, thinking about about everything, I don't think we ever rehearsed with uh, with other than a rubber gun, or if we if we had to, I think there were like multiple protocols and people involved in checking the safety of of that. So, I'm guessing it's like every time when you're when you're trying to to cut corners and move too fast, things bad things can happen. You know, we we are in a in a in a place where we have to move fast and most of the projects are more and more ambitious, but you can do it at a pace where where you put safety first. I mean, obviously we don't know everything that happened yet. There's still an investigation going on, but um, are there any things that you think that the community could do as a whole to make sets more safe? I mean, I think it's a, it's a broader discussion and uh, it is like what, why I think like it worked really well for us because, but also... I mean, it's like from my experience, I think the harder they fall was an amazingly safe production. And the reason for that is that we got, for example, we knew that there were a bunch of snowstorms coming. And like I, I heard uh, the producers and the first he talking about like, oh, yeah, we have to be careful just to 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 make sure people are getting home safe. And I, I realized it's like I never heard. I don't know if I heard too many times about that like most of the times i hear like oh people are being worried about how people are getting to work not back home so i think the whole discussion and turn around and make sure people get enough rest i think that's a very important one with the actors on set were they using blanks or was there training uh, do you know what they used and how it was handled we did i mean they they had a lot of like they they had weeks and weeks of of training 
they had they had a cowboy camp where like I remember um, just when we started to 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 do the camera prep um, in Santa Fe, they were already like at the second week of of training, and um, I think I think everything was was done very carefully. Things are coming from all the directions. Like there are safety distances where you can use a blank and um, there are moments where you have to use VFX and, and, and so on. I think it's an interesting combination because of course, like visually the, 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 the VFX is there, but not a hundred percent there. Um, you, you can get interesting muzzle flashes and, and, and smoke and all that. Um, but like, uh, it's uh, it's finding the right the right balance because um, at night, of course, it will look better to 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 have a blank. But again, like doing it safely. And did you have plexiglass or any kind of guard in front of the cameras? We did. I mean, there was like a lot of times, like just like covering ourselves with fanny pads or just not even being there. And uh, there were moments where like we were told like there's no way somebody can operate that camera just leave it lock off and uh, we'll go for it before we wrap would you like to give a shout out to your crew oh of course <laughs> i mean it's like again because movie making is teamwork and trust and uh, like i i always feel that uh, as a cinematographer for example it can be only as good as your crew and um, I, I had a combination, I think everybody had a combination. We, we used a lot of um, local crew members, which were amazing. Um, and um, yeah, I think the, the way the movie looks, it's a lot of it, it's, it's thanks to them as well. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that um, because I would love to give a shout out to my crew. My crew, it, it's really big on a film. You know, because I have I have my art directors, I have my art department, I'm illustrators, my graphic designer, my set designers, everybody running the art department. Then I have a whole construction crew, which is all the construction guys, and from welders to carpenters. And then I have my whole paint crew. I had a a um, you know a, a old school hand painted sign crew. And then all over to the set decorating department where we have decorators and set dressers and the props and everything. And there are so many people that do such amazing work. And this film um, gave a lot of people opportunities to do a lot of fun stuff. My, my crew enjoyed it a lot. It was a lot of local people. You know, I mean, it was it was mainly mo local people. Frankly, it was just some of the key um, heads of department and whatnot were were from out of town. And we are before the camera shows up. We are before production shows up. So I we had been going for months, and I got these guys and women out there on lifts in wind, in snow, in everything. We don't have. They did not have the um, comforts of trailers and all the rest of it. Although I have to say Mac G Mac Brown, our line producer did provide them with a, with a indoor um, lunch truck, which was really not always done. So I huge props to him, but yeah, m massive props to all of my crew. Couldn't have done it without him at all. And for each of you, this was your first time working with uh, James. What was that like? 
well for me it was it was a dream i mean honestly it's he's as good a collaborator as you could imagine as a production designer we we talked we got quick to the point as to what he wanted and then he didn't micromanage me he he we got our parameters set really early and then he let me go and honestly the further i went the happier he was my style of design that i love i love to push it so every set i was able to push it he didn't pull back the reins ever and um i just love the guy and i think he's brilliant it was it was a is a it was you know just a fantastic experience all around and i am not just saying that it really truly was yeah i mean i i i told him from my perspective he kind of made made it very hard for for me to to work with anybody else it's like he's he's so fun to work with and it's not that like he uh, he pushes you which is great and like he pushes you into like even if you're not necessarily in your comfort zone it's like he has a, a really interesting way to explain it using music and, and like he makes it fun it's just like really really a lot of fun and uh, it's true for me as well there were times where i wasn't he he was pushing it even further where i was surprised the whole like i showed him some reference and often he's looking at my reference and i don't know what he's thinking and for instance we're looking at reference that i had for mary's saloon and he's looking at this one model act uh, that i had just for color and she had she was blue and then he's like oh yeah i want it. i'm going to use that and i'm like okay well cool we'll put some blue in there he's like no 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 i'm going to put a blue woman in this set and it turned i had no clue that's how far he was going and as he's describing i'm like really it's like yeah man i'm like holy cow that is fantastic and then look at what it became this amazing scene with this this dancer doing this thing through it was so not of a western but so perfect um so yeah he 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 allowed me space personally and also completely inspired me and pushed me and pushed the whole thing and never kind of like closed the lid on it that was a thing too we were we were we were making stuff up to the very very end it wasn't you know it was a creative process like straight up whole thing thank you both so much for joining us thanks for thanks for hitting up yeah thanks for having me 